Today we talk about the story of the missing egg. I'm Dr. Mark Amos, and this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday. The story starts on Friday. She sees her doctor, and they do an antral follicle count because she's getting ready to start her IVF cycle. And this was done in Washington State. And then on Monday, she flies down to a clinic, and they count up the follicles from her stimulation and noticed there's a few eggs missing. Now, before I go any further, I do want to make sure you understand that no police were called for this report. This case was handled internally. The patient suspected that the eggs were stolen, although she had no proof of such theft. The first doctor who did the ultrasound blamed the second doctor, stating that the falcals were there when he counted them. And as you can imagine, the last doctor who did the ultrasound Blame the first doctor for being wrong on their follicle count. The question is, who is the thief? Well, I'm sure you can imagine that no one's the thief. Matter of fact, in some ways, they're kind of all correct. And so today I want to go over what happens to these follicles month to month, an ultrasound done four days before, and where did they go? So there are a couple concepts to understand. First, there are what are called antral follicles. Antral follicles are follicles that are small before they start stimulating, but are usually around 5 millimeters in size. Sometimes they can be a little bit smaller, but in general, in that 5 millimeter range, it can be up to about 8 millimeters. Preantral follicles are follicles that are very small. Sometimes they're two millimeters or maybe three. And what's important to understand is that these preantral follicles usually don't grow. And a lot of times they'll just kind of disappear, whereas antral follicles will grow. And so it's not uncommon for some doctors or some ultrasonographers to measure all of the follicles, whether they are preantral or if they are antral follicles. And for that reason, they can overcount the number of follicles you have. I tend to not count anything less than five millimeters as a follicle because I know most of the time it won't respond to the medication and will give the patient a false sense of confidence that things will be better. The second part to understand is that there is differences, both intra-observer and inter-observer differences for ultrasounds. Now, what I mean by that is even the same person who does the same ultrasound over and over and over again, the same patient, will have some differences in their counting when they review that person. Now, it's going to be very mild because usually the same person doing it has a technique, has a measurement that they consider antral follicles, but the point is, is that it's still not perfect. Now, clearly, They'd be a very bad doctor if it's the same patient over and over and not remembering what they did. But what I'm talking about is I'm talking about 
if it was blinded to the doctor and they couldn't actually see the patient, they didn't know who they were measuring, they could technically measure different on multiple times because sometimes there'll be some minor errors. Interobserver difference is going to be when there are two doctors doing the ultrasound and it's on the same patient at the same time. One may have a different measuring technique or may have a different quality machine that shows different things or things clearer. And so that inter-observer and intra-observer difference can sometimes make these follicle counts different between doctors and dates. Imagine if you're looking into a room and had to count how many people are in there, and unfortunately, you didn't bring your glasses. And so it's a little blurry. And so you can pretty much figure out how many people are there, but you know you might have counted an extra one or two because you might have thought that was a person, but really it was a chair. Vice versa, you might have missed some. In addition, if you put your glasses on, you're able to see better. And now the count may be a little more exact unless someone's hiding and then you don't count them. This would be the difference between an ultrasound machine that has better quality than another ultrasound machine. Additionally, someone's body habitus can also change the view of the follicles or even the depth of their ovary, making it hard to count the follicles accurately. And so that can also create some discrepancy between two doctors. But another way we can have discrepancy is that not every follicle you see is going to grow. Like I said in the beginning, some of those smaller follicles were never going to grow. And so when you start your stimulation, that baseline ultrasound may have shown follicles, but then the stimulation starts and those kind of regress away and you're left with all the follicles that are growing. And so that would lead to you having less follicles at the next ultrasound, but in reality, you never lost one. Now, what I find is, is that when people also have very poor egg reserve, tend, this tends to happen even more often. And part of that reason why is because it takes a high dosage of medicine to get the follicles to grow, and sometimes not every single one grows. And so we'll see some regression. I'm sure some patients have seen where they're growing, and it looks like multiple are growing, and then all of a sudden only a few grow, and some of them stop growing. In the end, you do not need to call the police. No one has stolen your eggs. But in reality, there probably was some difference between the ultrasonographer the first time and the ultrasonographer the second time. There are also some differences that can just occur when doing the ultrasound. Sometimes the machine, sometimes the person doing the ultrasound. And then the last thing is that the body itself doesn't always respond to medications perfectly. And some of those follicles were never meant to grow. And so although they might have been counted by one doctor, they wouldn't be counted by the other. And so sometimes you get a higher antrophollicle count expecting to get all those eggs, but some of those were never truly antrophollicles and were probably overcounted. So where does the harm come? I mean, does anyone actually get hurt by having a large actual follicle count? No, but it is disappointing that when you go into a stimulation and someone tells you you have 16 follicles, 
you expect you're going to grow 16 follicles. And sometimes it can be quite drastic. So I've had patients from other states that will be told they have 16 follicles and then they get to my clinic and only eight are growing and I don't even see the other follicles. Now again, I don't blame the other doctor. I just explain to him these things we talked about. But it's quite disappointing and, and it can be somewhat devastating because instead of seeing it as a discrepancy, sometimes it feels like it's you. You think, well, wow, if I've already lost half of them, then there's no way I'm going to make it to the end. And I think the important part here to understand is, is that it more likely was a discrepancy than being something wrong with you. And that there's no prognostic value to that discrepancy for your outcome. Meaning, if that does happen, don't think of it as, oh my God, this is, means that things are bad. But instead that, okay, there might've been some differences. The last part I want to touch on is why does the antrophocal count change every month? And the answer is because we're not machines. You know, you'll see this all the time. You'll go into the doctor's office and they'll do an antrophocal count. It'll be around 12. And you think, well, that's lower than usual. Usually it's 16. And then the next time you come in, it's 14. Maybe the next time, 18. The point is the antrophocal count can change. Now, what it never does is it never drops significantly, meaning if you start at 16, the next time you come in, it won't be four. That, that really never happens. However, the same thing really doesn't happen is that if you make four or five, you probably aren't going to come in and have 16. So antrophocals do help predict in general how many eggs you're going to get. But one thing to prepare you for is sometimes even when that antrophocal count looks great, the next month when you get ready for IVF, it's lower. And people feel frustrated because they feel like, wow, I had so many more last month. Now I don't have as many. And it's not the birth control that caused that. It's that the body themselves is different. Once in a while, and this has happened to me with several patients, is they do their first cycle and that's their best day ever. All of a sudden they make 16 eggs and they're just happy as can be because their follicle count before has been lower. And then they do another IVF cycle and they make less. And they think, well, what's wrong? What, what did we do wrong? And I explained to him, well, no, the first time was your best day ever. This is probably the normal. And so when you want to figure out the accuracy of a natural follicle count, the more times you do it, the better idea you're going to have of what your natural follicle count is. It doesn't mean you need to do multiple follicle counts, but once you understand that someone who's had one or two probably isn't going to have as good of an idea of their average follicle count as someone who's maybe had four to six ultrasounds doing things like artificial inseminations and having multiple baselines, they're going to have a better idea of what their antrophocal count is. In the end, the purpose of this talk was to explain why there are discrepancies in the follicle count and make sure you understand that it's not ominous towards your, your chances on that IVF cycle. I appreciate how it's disappointing, and it is. But in the end, 
As I always say to people, quantity makes you feel good, but quality is what gets you pregnant. I've seen people make lots of eggs and come away with nothing. I've seen people with just a few eggs and come away with multiple embryos. In the end, all of these tools are to help us pick the right protocol and then see how your body responds. You can't change you. You can only do you. And so like I tell everyone, I'm like a coach. My job is to get the best out of you, not make you the best, because that may not be in your ability. I know it's been a little while since I've done the podcast. Unfortunately, I did get COVID last year and it still to this day has some lingering symptoms. So it's been a little bit of time since I've been able to start these again, but I will be doing them. And I always appreciate everyone who listens to them. Um, I greatly appreciate all the reviews people have done. It's very helpful. And as always, if anyone has any topics they would like me to do, you can send an email to TBFT, which is acronym for Taco Bout Fertility Tuesday at newdirectionfertility.com. I'd be more than happy to do one of those topics. Until next week, this is Taco Bout Fertility Tuesday. Tuesday.